want to tell you guys real quick about our new protein bars and bites. We've got an excellent way that you can snack and increase protein levels, an incredibly high amount of fiber as well, low in sugar. It's a perfect add-in for any type of diet. And in addition to great sources of protein and fiber and very low sugar, we've added in over 60 plants. That means if you're not a vegetable eater and you're not getting all these plants into your diet, it's an excellent way to cover the bases from a micronutrient standpoint and an enzymatic standpoint and make sure that your body is getting everything that it needs. Get 10% off the Protein Bars and Bites or any other product at onit.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Onit Podcast. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, the founder and CEO of Onit, the reason we have this glorious podcast. He's joined us today to talk about his life's work. And in his life's work, he's distilled it down to a book that took him three years to write. In that, he documents the way you accomplish the best day of your life. One 24-hour cycle that will change the way you live. And if you can own the day, you can own your life. We break down chapter by chapter everything that he puts into this book. Obviously, we can't dive too deep because a book to get into one hour. But we do go a little overtime on this, and we really dive deep into the thought processes and what goes on, why he wanted to put things in the book, and why it's important. I think you guys are going to get a lot from this episode, and you really will get a lot from Own the Day, Own Your Life. Check it out. All right, on it podcast, we're with a man who needs no introduction, but I'll happily introduce <laughs> our founder and CEO of On It, Aubrey Marcus. What's up, brother? What's up, my man? How you doing, man? I'm doing phenomenal. Good. I've been excited for this one. Yeah. We're going to talk about your new book, Own the Day, Own Your Life. And we got a lot to talk about here. And yeah, I put a lot in that. that yeah. Thing. There's, there's, <laughs> uh, I think I've read it three, three or four times already. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's fucking jam packed. Yeah. But let's, let's break down real quick what the, the big picture of this book is, because mm -hmm. that's kind of what, in my opinion and yours, what sets it apart from a lot of the other books out there on how to get right the same thing that sets you and I apart and same thing that sets Ben Greenfield apart and a lot of the people who really walk the walk it's that not that they focus on one thing or one thing at a time they it's focusing on everything because we all parts of the body all parts of the mind psyche spirit skin organs bones muscles skeleton everything works together ultimately in unison and every time you try to focus on one particular part and just put all of your efforts on that then the other stuff starts to go out of balance or you lose track of some of those other things so to really make improvement you got to level everything up at once but that's a hugely daunting task so how do you make that bite size how do you make total human optimization something that's manageable well make it one day like one day of human optimization everybody can do as long as they have a really clear plan and it's not crazy expensive. And that's what we wanted to accomplish with this book. Just be like, look, don't worry about your life. Like, own your day and you'll own your life. You know what I mean? Like, just focus on that. And not only that, fuck a day. Like, let's just go hour by hour. Let's go prescription by prescription. Let's go step by step. And then pretty quickly, you'll get a full idea what total human optimization looks like. Yeah, little by little as you tackle things from the morning routine yeah, onward. Totally. All the way to how you finish the day off everything falls in unison and then you look back on that perfect day and it truly was the most optimized way to live yeah. you feel better on all fronts no one thing is like that hard it's just 
getting organized and just doing, okay, I got one thing to do. What do I got to do? Okay, I got to wake up and I got to take my hydration drink. All right, a little sea salt, a little water, a little lemon. Is that hard? Nope, not hard. You know, you just got to do it. And then the next thing, I right, get a little light. Okay, I can do that. Either through the earbuds or through walking outside. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about the circadian rhythm and the reasons for that. But like, okay, get a little light. Okay, move around a little bit. You know, when I was filming the little video to companion to go along with this with the book bundles, you know, I was out, we were chasing Loby around in the sand and getting a little light. And that was, that was the morning routine. Like get a little movement, get a little light, you know, hit the hydration drink. Okay. Chapter one, you know, you pretty much got that covered and you got all the science and all the backing and all the reasons why you need to do that every day. But every one of those things is fucking easy. Yeah. Yeah. They're damn easy. And you touched on the, the, the first chapter here. One thing I wanted to do, which I really appreciated when Jordan B. Peterson did this, he had a, uh, a lecture that he did, I think, in the UK because it was a British dude that brought him out. Uh, and it was in front of a large audience. And this is prior to his book, 12 Rules for Life. He just went through chapter by chapter, giving little tidbits and pointers on that. And a lot of people would say like, oh, you just gave the book away. But that's completely not the case. Obviously, with something like what you've written here it took, what, three or four years yeah, of devoting well, to? Well, you can either say a lifetime or two years. Yeah. Like <laughs> two years of actual writing, yeah. a lifetime of, <laughs> of accumulating and, living. and accumulating exactly. and then gravitating towards what works. Because all those stories are in here. All mm -hmm. the times I fucked up from when I was younger to when I was in college to when, you know, that's the part of the book that we organized called Getting Owned. You know, mm -hmm. like we've all been there getting owned by life, getting owned by bad choices, by bad information. And I think it's important to recognize that like me and you, we weren't born perfect. You know, like we didn't just come out of the gate just optimizing from the drop. You know, we fucking did a bunch of stupid shit. And then we figured it out. We figured out what works and we learned and we grew and we improved. And then now all of a sudden, you know, you probably even more than me, but we're living some closer approximation to this optimized life. Yeah, that definitely takes hustle. It It always strikes a nerve with me when you see like the guy who's made it and they just act like they've always been there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, that means they're sure. probably not there at yeah. all. Yeah. Because right? they're probably faking it. They're probably faking <laughs> yeah. it. If they're going to be that dishonest about that. I'm they're probably dishonest about what they're doing right now. Yeah. I'm so you know? dialed. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it when guys like Tony Robbins or Eckhart Tolle, they really open up and talk about the period of life where they were depressed or the shit they had to go through to get to where they are today. Yeah. And obviously, you don't leave anything uncovered in this book. But, um, you know, we touched on chapter one. Do you mind if we break down yeah, piece do by it. piece like that? So we got water, light, and movement. And the water is obviously a bit more special than just fucking drinking, you know, something out of the fridge or tap water. You know, what's funny is like, I always knew that I was dehydrated in the morning, but I didn't realize that we lose a pound of water overnight, just breathing, right? Because like, there's an air humidity, and then there's the internal water vapors that come out of our moist water sack of a body. And so as we expel that moisture rich air from our body and breathe in less moisture rich air from the outside, we're losing water constantly. That's why we're lighter in the morning. It's not like a fucking miracle, like a stork came and took some fucking fat off your body. You know, like, woo, I'm light this morning. I'm I, lost, I burned fat. Like, where do you yeah. think it went? Like, what does it do? It fucking, no, it's water. It's water is the reason why. And so making sure that you rehydrate first thing, because it doesn't take much for dehydration to start to fuck you up. I mean, you intentionally dehydrated yourself to, and you probably felt the effects when you were cutting weight. Mm -hmm. You know, and it already right from the drop, the moment you start getting dehydrated, your thinking is less clear. You're a little disoriented. You're a little more aggravated. I mean, how many times did you snap at people? One of the calmest, 
calmest, <laughs> nicest human beings the I've ever weeks met. prior to fight camp, <laughs> I was not the guy to be around. Yeah, I think that's fairly common. Snapping at people, and that's you would look at all these people who all they do is drink soda and coffee all day, and you, they're just fucking snapping at everybody. Like, yeah, well, let's take care of one basic thing. How about drink some fucking water? You know, put some put some minerals in there so that your electrolytes are getting covered too, so that you're supporting your adrenal glands, you're supporting your whole organ system. So pinch of sea salt, you know, probably for you and I, that's somewhere close to five grams that we're going to want in the morning. We'd say three grams in the book, but you know, depending on that, a little bit of lemon for the bioflavonoids, get the gastric juices going and room temperature, because obviously that absorbs better. Cold is contractive, warm is expansive. So warm is always going to absorb typically better. And um, just pound that first thing yeah it's funny when i started doing this you know i'd people tell you these things and then you know sometimes you don't always put it into practice when i was reviewing this book and going through it it was like oh okay let me start to fucking try you know let me do this stuff and practice mm -hmm. and walk the walk and it amazed me how far my coffee would go if i did the water movement and sunlight first yep it was like oh this just reset me now fucking coffee feels like the very first time as opposed mm -hmm. to leaning on it like a goddamn crutch <laughs> yeah, with half a exactly. pot each day to start Don't talk to me until I have my pot of coffee. That's like a badge of honor for some people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not the way it should be. Coffee should be that extra, that extra bonus, that performance enhancing plant that we use, you know, after we get through that first morning run and we feel pretty good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool too, to see like different ways that I can implement this stuff. Like oh, I, if I have to do these three things and I have to have movement and I should get sunlight, like just fucking go move outside, get outdoors, so run, easy. run my kid around the block, you yeah. know, take my dog outside, hit some morning yoga, do something just to move in the sunlight as it's coming up. And that pays dividends. Well, that's the circadian rhythm, right? There's these things that uh, Ben Greenfield loves using this word. It's called a zeitgeber. And the zeitgeber is like, one of the signifying factors for setting your circadian rhythm which is kind of like the the balance and, and rhythm of life itself it's like tells us to go to sleep at night tells us to wake up at the dawn but movement and light in particular are two of the main zeit givers that say okay we're wake we're woken up now like now it's time for waking time now it's time to be alert and you know by just doing that basic stuff you're going to have a lot more energy you're going to be a lot more in accord and you're going to get sleepier when you are ready to actually go to bed 100 brother well, let's talk about chapter two here we chapter got deep two. breath deep freeze one of my favorites Man, i'm so jealous of your fucking chest freezer setup that you have at home <laughs> i went in there and i dipped my fingers in there and i was at 40 degrees and it's just right there available so yeah i mean we're both you know we both know the benefits of the cold and breath like these are like you look at the doctor the free miracle drugs that are available in the world and we're going to talk about a bunch of them, but we already talked about a couple. Well, water's not exactly free. We're recommending spring water. If you live by a spring, it's free. You just got to drive to it. So maybe there's some gas money. Um, or maybe you pay for water. Maybe you filter your water and then add the sea salt. You know, as long as you have a good filter and add back the sea salt, you're probably going to be all right. So water's kind of free, not exactly. But fucking light is typically free, especially if it's sunny. And then from there, you have breath and temperature, which are... Well, maybe you'll buy a chest freezer, but you can use your shower, yeah. you know, depending on where you're at. So most of these, like, and these are fucking miracle drugs, man. Like breath and the cold in combination are incredible at reducing that kind of chronic stress that we all carry, that I've carried my fucking whole life. And they're, 
you know, you have techniques where you can use breath, the hyperoxygenation practice. We talk about the Wim Hof breathing, but there's different types like the pranayama and yoga and fire breath and different ways to hyperoxygenate along with exposure to the cold and you're jacking up norepinephrine by 300, 500%, which is dropping those chronic levels of stress, those chronic levels of inflammation that are basically just burning your body up faster than you want to get used. You know, it's like, instead of lighting the candle at the top and providing the flame, it's just kind of roasting the wax constantly across the whole length of the candle. And you're, it's killing us. Like, quite frankly, it's just literally killing us. It's burning us up. And this is a technique to kind of slow that process down, to stop it, to halt those processes, which is great for the immune system. Just great for fucking overall perspective. It hits so many different angles from cognitive function, you know, like you feel <laughs> alive right in the cold and when you get out for hours after i mean if i do a five minute bath i'm good for the day yeah you know and then on top of that you tie in the <clears throat> breath work and the breathing hyperoxygenation. you know there's so many things that go into that from cognitive function to well-being your mood how it affects you emotionally and then on top of that you talked about inflammation systemic inflammation people often think of that as just a pain signal but, yeah, like your joints. Yeah, like, oh, okay, I know I'm a little, I have a little inflammation because I'm more sore from the work. It is, it is, that can be it. But truly, when you look at a lot of the causes of disease that we have in the West start with systemic inflammation or they're, the ca they're causing systemic inflammation. If you have serious gut issues, that can just have a cascade effect because it's all one system, mm -hmm. right? And as we turn down that dial of systemic inflammation, that improves health in all areas. Yeah, and, and what's what's interesting is like you get habituated to the stress. Like really actually, you know, the the cortisol that you have, stress should actually reduce your inflammation, you know, and that's that's the way it's designed for. But when you have chronic stress, then you get habituated to the all of those chemicals that actually shut off the inflammation inflammatory response. You get habituated and you build up a tolerance and then you just can't shut off inflammation anymore. So when you get sick, you get sick longer. You know, because while well, you feel sick longer, all those inflammatory symptoms of any kind of cold or anything you feel, your body is unable to shut it off because the normal processes that shut it off, it's just used to. It's habituated. It's like, you know, when you get desensitized to insulin and you can't drop your blood sugar anymore. You know, yeah, and insulin sensitivity is it's, massive. It's the right? same thing. Anything that we have chronically, the body develops a tolerance for. And that's when you get in real trouble. And this is a great way to kind of reset that tolerance. Yeah, it's also a great way, you know, it's funny because Wim Hof talked a bit about this, but for people who struggle with meditation, and I've been there before, uh, you can't think about anything else when you're in the cold. There's no, no. other thought. You're not thinking about your wife. You're not thinking no. about the argument with your boss. You're not thinking about anything else. The thing your kid did that pissed you off. No. That's all fucking gone. At 40 you, degrees? No. <laughs> you no. locked yourself into the present. Yeah. Right. Which is the teaching of so many great teachers like Eckhart Tolle and Wayne Dyer and, and the list goes on and on. But truly to have something that just locks you in to right now, even if it's just a moment in the day, it's so important because then it's easier to get to. And you talk about uh, they say neurons that fire together wire together. So the more we grease that groove from a meditation standpoint, the easier it is to drop into that state of peace and calm. Look, we're built to we're built to fight and adapt. You know, we're built to have short bursts of exertion and then long periods of recovery. Like that's human nature. That's animal nature. You know, watch fucking Attenborough read his planet Earth and you look <laughs> at all the animals and it's like, ah, run. And then it's chill. You know, and that was the interesting thing. And most of the time it's chill. 
But when it's time to go, it's time to go. And that's why just a few minutes of cold exposure gives you that external resistance where your body has to focus all its effort on staying warm, on oxygenating, on all these factors, and then creating the adaptation downstream. And that's really what we're designed for. It's it's flex and then relax and then recover. You know, And that's what we're doing for the entire body and all the hormone systems when we're pushing ourselves into the cold, whether that's, you know, the power shower i call it where it's warm water and you take care of all your morning kind of toiletry needs and your personal care and then just wash your balls start the breathing up start the breathing or not if you like the biome stay where it is (laughs) (laughs) then just crank that nozzle cold you know start the breath crank the nozzle cold and you'll feel fucking awesome and then if you hold your breath this is another one of the wim hof like special techniques if you hold your breath particularly at the bottom of the breath and then you get that mammalian dive reflex where you're holding your breath that'll actually give you as much adrenaline as a fucking bungee jump, you know? And then at that point, you don't need coffee anymore. You don't need that adrenal stimulant. You've done it in the most natural way possible by just holding your breath and creating that natural response that doesn't have that kind of chemical burden. And you can save that other button for later. So it's like you keep a button available when you need it, but let's use this one while we got the chance. Yeah, while don't we're use all your lifelines. Exactly. Right? exactly. You got to save oh, a few man, lifelines for the, for the end of yeah. that million dollar question. Yeah, exactly. Or the 10 million rupees, depending uh-huh. on what you're watching. Well, let's jump into the next one. In chapter three, we dive into breakfast. There's, yeah. a key, there's a ton of key takeaways here. It's something that both of us have been on the front lines really <laughs> pushing towards people. Um, more fat, less sugar, or don't eat. Simple, right? Yeah. But how many times have we fucked that up? You know, I tell I tell the story of eating Pop Tarts in the book. <laughs> like cinnamon, <laughs> cinnamon Pop Tarts. Do you have a favorite Pop Tart? I, I loved I loved like the the fruitier Pop Tarts, the blueberry you ones, would, shit like you that. Would love the fruitier, I love the fruity. fruity. <laughs> you would love that shit. <laughs> For me, it was cinnamon all day, sometimes s'mores. But look at that fucking thing. Like we're actually feeding that to people. Like, can you believe that? I mean, it's frosting on top of like refined carbohydrate, which is just like refined flour, which is basically sugar that in solid form. Bleached wheat flour. Yeah, exactly. Enriched with synthetic (laughs) vitamins. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the middle is more frosting, you know, and then on the outside again is more fucking wheat flour. It's just like a sugar sandwich. And then you expect that to be like food? You know, that's not food. That's fucking poison. Yeah, or a bowl of fruity pebbles with non-fat milk. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing right. just get in the great, way and great. slow down. Let's blend the, the high spot. fructose corn syrup and the fruity pebbles with some fucking concentrated lactose from the non-fat milk. Like, it's insane. And then we say, oh, man, our kids are going crazy. Of course your kids are going crazy. The fuck are you feeding them? Of course, you're, of course you feel like shit. Of course you're exhausted. And that's just the state that we've gotten to. And we can go into a lot more about fat, but part of the problem is, is that somewhere along the lines, the science decided that, oh, fat is bad for the heart. Well, it turns out it's not, but that just allowed all of the sugar and all of the corn and all of the cane lobby to kind of come Big in. agriculture. Yeah, big ag, just to push all of that sugar through our system and then convinced us that that's breakfast. Okay, pancakes, Pop-Tarts, muffins, pastries, grab a donut. Donut for breakfast? of all the black coffee of of all the times (laughs) don't do that and and what ends up happening is like that you know you get that big spike in blood sugar and then that big spike maybe you feel good on the rise Ooh, okay i'm awake i got a rise in blood sugar i'm feeling good but real quick that body dumps a bunch of insulin 
And the thing about when the body dumps insulin and you have a bunch of sugar coming in, it doesn't know how much sugar's coming in. And that it needs to scuttle that sugar out of your blood as fast as possible because high levels of sugar in the blood is toxic. So the body's like, I don't know how much this fucking crazy monkey's eating. He found some fruit that he shouldn't have found. So found the sweetest <laughs> fruit on the earth. sweetest fruit on earth. And I don't know. He's going crazy. So let's just dump as much insulin as we possibly could to reduce that, you know, and overcompensate. So then all that comes in. Then you go hypoglycemic and you're exhausted and tired and irritable. And we go ping-ponging back and forth. And that's when, oh, I better get another snack. You know, like, so you're just bringing these sugary snacks with you all day and just ping-ponging up and down and up and down in that constant flood of insulin. Yeah, that's what's going to make you fat. That's what's going to give you diabetes. That's what's going to make you feel like shit all day. And as you're tired, then you drink more coffee and then more sugar. And it's this vicious, vicious cycle that some impossibly large number of people are just dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, if you if we I you know it's funny because paleo gets such a bad rap for the name paleo and what did the paleo man eat and blah 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 it fucking varied wildly, but at the same time, there's none of our ancestors across any any fucking corner of the earth that ate six meals a day that were loaded with sugar so heavy and devoid of fiber and fat yeah that they don't exist in nature that shit doesn't no. exist in nature it's been chemically engineered for our taste buds through some of the best or worst scientists in the world. Yeah. 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 That's 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 the worst roller coaster on earth to be on. And that's why so all right, so basic basic points here, eat fat. It's going to give you sustainable energy. It's going to fuel that other energetic system, the ketone system that is also, you know, probably one of the cleanest fuel sources we can have, best for like mental clarity and also, you know, if you if you look at Mark Sisson's work and talk about providing both fuel sources both from the sugar and both from the fat as well from the carbohydrate and from the fat then you're like a two-powered jet instead of a jet that's running off one engine yeah metabolic flexibility sure a jet can run off one engine but off two is a lot better and it doesn't create those big blood sugar spikes so in the morning just keep it high fat keep it high protein you know and or if you don't have those options just don't eat the the idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day like that like fucking nabisco or kellogg's came up with that shit like that's not real it's dr not real. kellogg had some other <laughs> fucked up ideas too yeah, he, he watched the road to he wellville You're like did. this guy was fucked he up did. or read chris ryan's book i think it was uh-huh. kellogg who was like fucking putting on chastity belts and don't masturbate about people masturbating uh-huh. and shit like that i mean he was yeah. a fucking legit weirdo <laughs> a legit weirdo <laughs> and that's not it's it's all pseudoscience it's all like things that the the media has kind of put out and said oh yeah breakfast no it's not it's not the most important meal of the day and actually with the science of intermittent fasting the easiest way to intermittent fast compress your feeding window to eight hours for a normal social human is to just skip breakfast then you have a nice lunch and then you can have a nice dinner with friends or family you know if you start your first meal at 12 and then eat again at seven easy enough you know you can even have some bone broth or some optimized coffee or something in the middle of the day keep the fats high easy easy and you'll live a longer life you'll have more mental clarity you'll have more energy doing it that way and there's some caveats you know some women with some you know sensitive hormones it might not be the best idea this isn't for everybody but certainly if all you got is sugar don't stress just fucking skip it yeah it's an easy way to get hydrated too as i've condensed down to that eight hour feeding window if i wake up and i'm hungry i just drink more high quality water Mm -hmm. and in doing that by the time i have my you know i start on a lot of days, my day with an optimized coffee or an optimized yerba mate. Yeah. High in fat, moderate protein. 
And in doing that, I've given my space the time to actually soak in all the water and the electrolytes from that. Mm-hmm. So now it's, like I said, it's twofold in the energy that I get. And then it's very easy for me to have just two solid meals after that. I'm not snacking and grazing all fucking day long because I've front loaded the fats and I've given myself space to take that in. Yeah, and this other idea that we need to eat a bunch of small meals a day, like that became really popular. It's like, oh no, eat a bunch of small meals a day. Like that's not, doesn't have scientific basis either, unless you're putting out constant exertion. Like, yeah, if you're on a bike and you're fucking riding the tour or climbing a mountain, for sure. You know, or eat if all, you're an actual bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eat all day, great. You know, but for most people, that's not gonna, you know, we wanna use our metabolic system and then rest our metabolic system. Use it and rest, use it and rest. This is the cycle. This is the pattern that repeats all throughout the book. Stress, great, use it and rest. Okay, food, great use it and rest everything we do do it and then rest that's the way we're supposed to that's the way we're supposed to operate not constantly grinding constantly eating constantly you know i mean i guess the only exception would be you can probably constantly be sipping on water or something like that you yeah. know that's fine but for the most part you know con that idea of little meals at all different times is not going to allow your body the time to actually recover yeah, these things are meant to be placed on hold, you know, and then and there's so much science coming out about the circadian rhythm mm-hmm. of the microbiome, yeah. right? A lot to it. Well, let's dive into the next one, supplements. We supplements. Know, we know a thing or two yeah, about man. supplements here. We do. we do know a thing or two about it. I think the, you know, really I just wanted to focus on the key ones. Yeah. And I also wanted to say, like, you, we shouldn't look at supplements just as pills. Like, sunlight is a supplement. It creates a vitamin D boost in the body when you get sunlight on your skin and that is a supplement so you can take your vitamin d supplement outside or you can take it in a squirt bottle like we have it either way it's a supplement you know you can take your omega-3 supplement you can take krill oil which is awesome or you can eat your can of sardines you know and intentionally choose food that'll make that happen you can take your greens powder or just crush a smoothie with a bunch of greens and microgreens and broccoli sprouts and spinach and all kinds of different stuff or greens juice you do it that way so really i wanted to talk about a lot of different ways and and expanding that definition of supplementation but it's really going after some major groups you know antioxidants um omega-3s minerals minerals is also huge you know an epsom salt bath for magnesium or you know key minerals you know Mm -hmm. you can take that there's so many ways to go about it, but there's certain basic things and systems that we just need to hit. Yeah, and it's important we cover those bases because it, we're looking at the big picture globally. Sure, absolutely. And you know, so talked about B vitamins. Um, you know, of course, the the TPC packs. You know, when we talk to different athletes or different people coming in um, who we know might not have the most under the greatest understanding of what they should eat like that's a great starting point because it's got the krill oil it's got the spirulina chlorella and then it's got the special stuff that we really can't get from food i mean that's what on it's known for right the alpha brain the shroom tech sport like you're not going to go find ashwagandha bundles in whole foods that are ready to go or, or not. forage for cordyceps yeah yeah no unless <laughs> you're in nepal yeah you know and then you're really lucky to find some shit like that or you know and and the the pond scum in your pool is not huperzia serrata you know? <laughs> like that's not the right moss you know so there's certain other supplements that are really going to enhance performance and you know obviously that's that's one of our specialties yeah and i think one of the keys that 
really is outlined here is that, you know, you can't, just like I mentioned with coffee and people I'd, on the Facebook lives, we do weekly, things like that, you know, everybody's like, oh, what's, you know, I got brain fogged, would alpha brain help? And it's like, well, alpha brain's going to help you, but you don't want to lean on that the way I used to lean on coffee. You yeah. know, let's get your shit in order and then you'll take yourself to a whole nother level mm-hmm. with that supplement yeah. because you're right. You know, your body is right. Your mind is right. And now you add something in extra and yeah, that's exactly. where you really see it shine. So what's causing the brain fog? Well, it's probably the chronic inflammation. So you start doing those cold, cold water immersions and the hyperoxygenation, drop your chronic inflammation. Your brain fog is already better. And then you boost the acetylcholine through alpha brain. And then you're like, a, you're like a superhuman. You know, yeah. you got superpowers at that point. So I don't know, all eight cylinders. Yep. So we got, this is one of my favorite chapters. This is something I've been doing for probably the last year and a half. Talk about driving and mm-hmm. mindfulness and mindfulness. Yep. Let's break that down. Driving is like, a lot of people think of it as wasted time. And Robert Greene calls it dead time versus alive time. Like it's just the, the time in between where you're actually doing stuff. Well, what if we made that time really valuable? Because if you're going to have a day and you're going to do this, I mean, people commute for sometimes years of their life if you accumulate it all total. You know, so what can you do with that time in transition? Well, there's basically two ways. One is to empty out your mind. And the other is to add stuff into your mind, mindfulness or mindfulness, you know, and that's really the, uh, really the principle there. And there's some techniques, like people think like meditation has to be done in the right room with the right incense with the right music and the candles burning. And I like it that way too, but it's not necessary. You know, there's ways to be mindful by just simply being, you know, and not distracting yourself, not checking your phone at every stoplight, not listening to distracting music and, you know, stressing about work. But I talk about the wide peripheral gaze, which is something I learned from Tom Brown, where you just allow all of the available information from your entire visual spectrum come at you at once and then combine that with six deep breaths which a japanese study showed uh, drops blood pressure starts the state shift and just allow that all to come in and you're still seeing everything so obviously if you're in a crazy hectic driving situation maybe not the time maybe wait till you're stopped but just allow the the presence of everything that's happening at once to just take over your mind and empty out your mind of all the other shit and then all of a sudden you're meditating on the way to work. And by the time you get to work, you're in a really good place. And then when you're done with that, all right, what about filling your mind? What about listening to the Own the Day audiobook or a great podcast from one of the many outstanding podcasts that exist? You know, then you're leveling up and you've already done some meditation and all you've done is drive. So the drive is like a benefit. Oh, I got a 45 minute drive. Instead of it being like, man, I have a 45 minute commute. It's like, oh, I have the opportunity to learn or be present for 45 minutes twice a day. Sweet. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of reframe that principle. You're killing two birds with one stone. I think the the the, the visual you gave was the opening scene in Office Space, yeah. which is fucking classic, <laughs> right? Because it really is a situation where, I mean, it, it can be brutal if we don't have an idea on how to use that time effectively. Uh-huh. You know, but, but when we do shift that, hey, this is something I'm going to learn. I'm really looking forward to that. Like, I love traveling alone not with the little guy where i have to play fucking dad the whole flight but when i'm traveling alone like i can grind through books and grind through podcasts i can throw on binaural beats and meditate and it and it turns a three-hour flight into one of the greatest experiences i could possibly have 
that's what my mom talked about too because she was a she was traveling for as a pro tennis player and she was you know when she was landed she always felt like she had to be either training or stretching or decompressing or strategizing for her next match or figuring it out there's something that she could do but back in the day when she was traveling i mean this is 40 years ago 50 years ago um there wasn't shit to do so she's on a plane she could didn't she was traveling through europe she didn't bring up enough books to carry her the whole way through either so she would just get to sit on the plane and be you know they didn't have in-flight entertainment screens and shit like that and she said it was one of the things she looked forward to the most because she was off duty Mm. ah i'm off duty I can just totally be at peace here. There's nothing I can do to improve my tennis <laughs> tennis playing. There's nothing I can do to improve my career. I can just be. And that was, you know, a little escape for her. Yeah, 100%, brother. Well, now we get juicy. Now, now I, I should say the caveat here. <clears throat> right when we got to this chapter, chapter six, the power plants, I was hoping we would dive deep into the, into the jungles, as you've mentioned before. But... That's that's for a later time, another yeah, book, different right? Book. Yeah. Different book. So, because you, the... you don't want to do psychedelics every day. It's and you, yeah, <laughs> and then this and is then, on course, the day. This is that not... truly could be an entire fucking book, yeah. right? And it will be. Yeah. So, we you you dumbed it down into. I shouldn't say dumbed it down. You selected. intelligently selected the plants that can influence us the best way, and also fucking it up. Yeah. How we fuck it up? What are the wrong? How do we take something good? from mother nature given to us in tandem from whatever source there is and fucking turn it into one of the most toxic substances right. on earth you know the we've right way with, we've done that with so many plants right and we have a right way and a wrong way to do anything so yeah. let's break that down a bit well yeah i mean the plants have provided so much for us from nutrition to some of the best drug interactions with the human brain that we could possibly fathom and when we get greedy we try to isolate that and make it stronger and make it more addictive um, but when we do it in natural accord, then, and we have our own mindfulness surrounding it, they can be like incredible, incredible allies. So we've kind of talked about one. We talked about caffeine. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, there's the super concentrated way. There's pounding a red line, you know, corn syrup and more caffeine than anybody should have at one time, you know, hundreds of milligrams of caffeine. Well, that's in and of itself an abuse of what came from a plant, from coffee beans that were full of antioxidants or tea that's full of l-theanine polyphenols polyphenols and all kinds of benefits and then there's also just the overuse of it you know like you said where you're basically using coffee or caffeine just to get normal let alone you know boost you and give you extra powers it's just like oh i need caffeine now to make me normal so we talk about you know caffeine is one of those main ones the different types of tea the different ways how if you blend it with fat fat becomes the rate limiting factor for absorption because the gallbladder has to release bile and then the bile has to break down the fat and the caffeine gets bound with the fat and so you absorb the caffeine more slowly so it's like this own time release mechanism so instead of a quick spike and then a drop in those hormone levels you can stabilize it more over time so you know the idea of putting cream in coffee was a good idea but when it became non-fat milk or soy milk or something like that or black that's already when we're taking a step backwards and then when it became energy drinks that's when we're taking a bunch of steps backwards yeah we're adding six pumps of sugar and everything yeah, else they want to totally. add that shit well let's talk about probably the largest red flag you thought the editors would have an issue yeah. with <laughs> we dive deep into nicotine 
that's something that I have, you know, I would always smoke cigars and I would like that, but that was something that was very rare for me. So it was more like a, it was more like my own ritual and my own kind of recreational ritual, but I didn't really understand the capabilities of nicotine until you turned me on to these, these guys right here, which is, you know, I was preparing for Tim Ferriss's podcast and we were talking about the thing under a hundred dollars that made the most significant impact in my life in the last, you know, in the last year or so. And it's these snooze packs, you know, and it, this allows me to deliver caffeine and um, deliver nicotine into my system in one of the least toxic ways possible. Like the Royal London College of Physicians says it's over a hundred times less harmful than smoking a cigarette, which by the way, cigarettes, like there's no excuse, <laughs> you know, like yeah. under no circumstances should you ever fucking smoke a cigarette. And a lot of the negative stigma around tobacco is due to cigarettes. You know, even my shaman down in Peru, Don Howard Lawler says the problem with tobacco is inhaling it. Like the problem is the damage that's done to the lungs over time and the over abuse and that choice of delivery mechanism. But nicotine in itself is an incredible, um, it's an incredible compound that opens up all kinds of different mental energy, creativity. I mean, yes, just yesterday, last night, it was about six o'clock, just dusk. I was watching the sunset, walking up the hill in my house. I put in one of these uh, Swedish snooze packs, which is just a really clean tobacco pouch that you turned me on to. It's called Volt. Put in a volt. I can only like last like five minutes with a volt. <laughs> Maybe five minutes. I might be giving myself extra credit. I might be like pump and pad my stats. Might be like three minutes. Walking the hill and then the moon was rising, the sun was setting. I put that in and boom, like two dope poems came to me. And I just popped open my recorder and they came to me. They would not have come to me if it wasn't for the tobacco that I was using that like opened up a connection. And that's why in South American tradition, when you smoke mapacho, they call tobacco a chacaruna, a bridge and chacaruna is Quechua for bridge. And it's a bridge to another access level of consciousness, another access level of thinking. And then I got in and I wrote both of those poems within half an hour. Cause I got the download, but I owe credit to that. And everybody who reads it for this little fucking, this little tin from fucking Sweden. Like that, I have no doubts in my mind that that's what, that's what enabled that thing to kind of click in place. So it's been one of like the best allies I've had. Now, could you abuse it? For sure. You know, could you get addicted to it? For sure. No doubt. And, yeah. and that's why it's important to take breaks, to rest. Even if you think like, oh, I could quit anytime, like prove that. Like always prove that shit. I know a lot of stoners that say the same thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we we talked we talked one one more, and that was the uh, the beautiful plant moss that we yeah. have in our alpha brain. Mm -hmm. I think that was the third and final. Yeah, I mean that's that is another thing that acts directly on the neurotransmitter level, acts on acetylcholine. We touched on that a little bit, and you know it's one of those plants that you really can't get in an, any other easy delivery mechanism than in a compound like we have in alpha brain, and we've surrounded that with a lot of other supportive plants as well. And that's just another one of those tools that really locks in different clarity, you know, and like alpha brain for unlocking like poetry and creativity and sensitivity to, you know, my surroundings. That's not it. That's nicotine for me, you know, or that's sometimes marijuana, but in a, in a kind of different way, mm -hmm. you know, but that's not alpha brain. Alpha brain is remembering shit, being on my game, being focused, getting a bunch of shit done, you know, and I think having all these tools in your arsenal from the caffeine 
to the nicotine, to the alpha brain, then you really have like, you're like a gunslinger, you know, like, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to perform? What superpower do I want to put on? What cape do I want to wear right now? I want to wear the, I'm fucking super focused and I'm crushing it cape. All right, cool. I'll go grab the alpha brain. I want to wear the, I'm not tired at all. I have boundless energy. You know, all right, let's put on the fucking optimized coffee cape. You know, all right, oh, I want to unlock creativity, have more focus, you know, drop into a state of kind of calm attention. All right, boom, I'll bust out the snooze can, you know, and then when you have those tools available, it just allows you to be that much more productive and that much more effective and that much more powerful as a human. It's like we're almost taking these plants on as like our, a wizard takes on spells or something. Like, yeah, boom. time to power up in the video game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love it, brother. So we drop in next to doing work. Doing work. Know the why. That's a fucking big one. Yeah. I think that goes into so much that we have in life. Mm-hmm. Right? I fucked this up twice. Twice on a recent podcast. The quote, a man who knows any how will, get, will accomplish the why. It's reverse of that. A man who knows any why can accomplish any how to get it yeah. done. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the importance of that as we're doing work, whatever we're going through, whatever job we have. Paul Check talked about the prostitute archetype on a previous podcast, so I'll bring that up, but I think it's applicable. Totally. You know, and, um, and desk hygiene, minimizing distractions. Let's dive into that. How can we make the most out of our workday? Yeah. Well, again, why is the thing? Because why is the, you have to know why for all these questions. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing anything? If, if we don't know why, we won't really do it. And if we don't know why we're working really, and we're just sensing, well, I got to do it for, for this, or I got to do it for this, or this is what my parents told me I should do, or we got to assimilate that into our big why. Like, why are we here? What do we want to do? Do we want to live a full life? Do we want to leave the world a better place than what we found it? Do we want to support those that we love? Okay, now we have a pretty good why that's starting to form. All right, well, how does work fit into that? Well, maybe it's a temporary why. Well, Right now, this is the best damn job that I could get, and I got hungry mouths to feed, including my own. So that's why I'm here. So what can I do while I'm here that accomplishes that why the most effectively? Well, probably make the most amount of money with the limited amount, (laughs) the least amount of energy, and the most availability to do the other shit that you really love. So maybe that's your why. And that was my why for a while when I was slanging fleshlights and doing other you know <laughs> slanging, slanging fucking, yeah fucking <laughs> gold mining and and all these other crazy you know things that i had when i had my marketing company it was like i just gotta bide time because i know i'm gonna create something i love at some point but i'm not ready yet i don't have the money i don't have the resources i don't have the connections and i was miserable before that because i'm like what am i doing why am i here and then i then finally realized like oh i'm here to bide time to collect money to gather resources and that's why I'm here. So how can I be as effective as I can in this job, but still leave my mind available, leave my energy available, not get stressed, still keep my options open for the next why that's coming? And then it totally reframed everything. So I didn't slump through the door like, oh my God. I was like, no, I know why I'm here. I'm here for this particular fucking reason. I hate it, but that's cool because I'm doing it for an intention. And that is by far the biggest thing you know, to take away from that work chapter. And then there's a bunch of other little, you know, tips, tactics, and hacks to just kind of make yourself more productive wherever you're at. Yeah, desk hygiene is one that comes to mind. It's obviously something we've talked about quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Kelly Sturette wrote an entire book called Deskbound, which is a phenomenal deep dive into that. Yeah. But I think there's some 
very easy takeaways like having a standing desk, having a foot pedal, something you can fidget with so that you're not just standing in place, which is ultimately not that much better for you than just sitting in place, right? We like to move. We're made to move. So if we can move around at our desk, that can have a tremendous impact on blood flow, getting oxygen and nutrients to the brain, staying awake, being productive. It's one of the biggest things that I've still fucked up. Like this is, you know, so when I meet Aaron Alexander and, you know, started to develop that relationship, who's a movement specialist and is really kind of hold, taking me to task with my own posture and my own movement patterns and looking at my body, like I'm already in a deficit. My head pitches forward. I have kind of chronic stress in my traps. And as the body is tight, so is the psyche. So is the emotional body. As you have these things that are constricting you physically, you have these things that are constricting you energetically and staying in these locked unnatural patterns for too long will do that you know so i am going to have to be on the computer for many many hours a day but how i am in physicality while i'm on that computer is my choice that's my choice whether i'm on the computer or not is not my choice right now you know at some point maybe i will have that choice but right now i got to be on there that's my task management software that's my emails that's where i write that's where i do all the things that i need to do but i can do that a variety of different ways and finding the ways to do that intelligently where you're being conscious of your posture of your of moving in between of standing and sitting and alternating your your position we have that choice so if we start doing that stuff you know and i start doing that now then i won't be all curled up and gnarled when i'm 60 and start i'm already starting to have different tension injuries and different things in my mid back and low back and and all of that is not because i'm not fit it's not because i'm not working out I'm doing all that, but it's because I'm spending 10 hours a day in an unnatural position. Yeah. And we can affect that. Kelly talks about passive sitting or active sitting. Mm -hmm. Like Pat, when we're in the car, we're passively sitting. There's no fucking choice to be made. We can't stand Mm -hmm. up. I mean, unless you're Aaron Alexander, you're not going to sit in full Lotus with an erect spine. Like you just, that's not, that's not on the table of choices, but if we have the choice, we can choose to do it right. Yeah. You know? I've tried to get like in pigeon in a car where I like lift one leg up and, <laughs> and I always end up fucking like catching no. the steering wheel. Well, I'm like swerving around. Like, one leg's on the dashboard yeah, of the it's Tesla. Not, <laughs> it's not safe. I mean, I can kind of get my left leg up like when like lizard, like on near the left window there. Mm-hmm. But my right leg, if I start fucking with my right leg, it's all hell breaks loose in the car. So yeah, you're right. I mean, but still you can, if you have something that can push your kind of lumbar forward, you know, and, and really sit on your sit bones and then drop your shoulders, pull your neck back. You know, there's a lot of things you can do in any position that really help you out. Yeah. And, and being mindful of how your neck feels, you know, am I fucking squeezing that wheel? Like I'm in combat or mm-hmm. am I just relaxed in my approach and my drive? Yeah. Like all those things add up over time. So we get here to eat a weird lunch, which we saw, we shot an awesome video yesterday. Yeah, we did. Well, we, we ate a fucking weird lunch. <laughs> yeah dive into that a bit let's break that down yeah i think there's like 12 foods that comprise like some astronomically high percentage of our food intake and those 12 foods a lot of them are nutrient devoid we're talking wheat we're talking chicken we're talking like which is fine you know they have some macronutrient you know well wheat's probably not the best it's mostly carbohydrate but they do have some macronutrients especially when you get into the protein but it's the variety that's going to cover all the micronutrient bases, those things that support your gut biome, those things that support healthy inflammation response, those things that have antioxidants that have those rare minerals like boron and copper and molybdenum and manganese and all of these things that 
when you actually research, you're like, oh, damn, this is involved in a lot of different reactions and a lot of different parts of the body. And the best way to do that, even to have a healthy gut biome, there's good science and studies behind that, is to eat a varied diet, eat the widest variety of food possible. And we have a fucking unbelievable opportunity to do that. Like our grocery stores provide a plethora of different options. You know, like if you don't know what rutabaga is, we'll try it one day. You know, look up something, make mashed rutabaga instead of mashed potatoes and check it out. And it just so happens that rutabaga has, you know, a lot of indications for benefiting candida imbalance. Okay, cool. So now you have a medicinal food that you can mix with grass-fed butter and try it. And you've probably just walked by that thing and said, what the fuck is that in the produce section? I'm not cooking that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you don't know how. But like, make it a game. You know, Make it something you explore and like try and figure out and have fun with. Yeah, and it's easy too for, for the people that are on a time crunch or they don't pre-pack their meals and bring them to work. Like, If you live in a city, odds are there's a lot of different ethnic foods out there. You, know, you can try Thai food. You can go to the Ethiopian restaurant that we yep. love. I mean, there's it's limitless options when it comes to stuff like that. And they're going to use ingredients uh, that we just don't really know how to cook with, or we haven't been introduced to. And, and you got to take it easy on the spice level at some of these restaurants. But mm -hmm. for the most part, like you're going to get a lot of other things that can help our body in a number of ways. Yeah. You take one spice from Ethiopia, the Berbera spice, and it's actually a combination of 12 different spices. And each one of those 12 have different micronutrient qualities, different benefits that you have. So you take some spinach You saute it in some butter, olive oil, avocado oil, and then you put some Berber on it. And all of a sudden you have a food that has like 15 different foods. You've already busted out of that 12, that 12 food number immediately with one side dish. You know, you're at 15 already. You got avocado oil, you got spinach, and then you got fucking a 12 spice Berber, maybe with a little dash of sea salt. And it's A, delicious. You can put some Primal Kitchen Ranch on it to make it even more delicious. Maybe mm -hmm. some pumpkin seeds on it. Give you that nitric oxide bump. And then you're at like 16 <laughs> foods. And you got all kinds of all kinds of benefits. And the other thing is, is you don't have all those anti-nutrients that we put in our body all the time. And I talk about this. Again, going back to kids. If you got kids, you know, probably one of the worst things you can give them is some of that yellow craft cheese. Because that's going to have not only the preservatives, preservatives like sodium benzoate, which... In, well, guess what increases hyperactivity in kids increases the opportunity for add you know and not my only kid that, doesn't listen to me i yeah. don't know why yeah and not <laughs> only that it has yellow number six which also increases hyperactivity and you know add so what are you doing here you know like are you going to really look at the cause of some of this stuff the micronutrient deficiencies you know they've shown that kids who have micronutrient deficiencies are exponentially more likely to end up in juvenile hall and actually if you correct those micronutrient deficiencies they're exponentially more likely to not come back you know like a lot of the things that are happening we're trying to handle with the criminal justice system we could handle with the fucking cafeteria you know like that's going to be way more effective that i should let you know they are serving craft singles in jail from the, the oh, experience good. that I have. It's a whole different side story. But yeah, that, yeah maybe good. that's how they keep them coming that's back. That's how they keep them coming back. The fucking, yeah, exactly. The, good. The, 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 uh, what is that? The, um, 
prison industrial prison complex. industrial complex there we go the for-profit prison system that we have in our country Just get you hooked on fucking yellow number six and sodium benzoate and starve you of nutrients come out fucking hungry and ready to commit crime again <laughs> i can't help but come just back. out of boredom you're just fucking attention yeah. attention spam won't allow you to not you got a craft singles addiction you can't kick yeah well let's talk about another one of my absolute favorites the binaural power nap yeah that's something i've been big on for many years um I think, you know, read a book that you turned me on to, Sleep by Nick Littlehales, where mm-hmm. we think of sleep differently instead of having, and we'll dive into that, but, you know, really how we can optimize cognitive function, rest and recovery, and how important it is that we're, not everyone can take a nap, but look at across the world, how many cultures still have siesta. They still take a break where they can commit time to themselves for resting, relaxing, and just being yeah that's that's what the human organism was meant to do this eight hours of sleep a night is fucking nonsense like you you really have to be a special individual to be able to get that like Liv langdon can do it like whitney can do it i certainly can't i haven't been able to do that shit since i was a child you know so i was always feeling like man i'm just i got no option i just have trouble sleeping at night and what am i going to do because i wasn't a napper you know but then when i started looking First of all, I read Nick Littlehale's book who says, no, fuck eight hours of sleep a night. Let's talk about 30 to 35 sleep cycles a week, which is like a 90-minute block where ideally you dip into deep sleep and then go into your interface and then end up in REM sleep and then wake up for a brief period and then dip back in. Usually forget the fact that you wake up. But you can count it basically like a 90-minute block. Let's try to get 30 to 35 of those a week. And guess what? Taking a power nap, a 30-minute nap, counts as one of those cycles. So if you only slept six hours in the night, but you get that 30-minute nap in, according to Nick Littlehales, who's worked with fuck David Beckham, the Manchester Ronaldo. United, Ronaldo, the best, the best, you know, some of the best athletes in the world tried and tested this, you know, is a much better model. And the other thing is it takes the pressure off. Like, you know how stressful it is when you got like five hours before you have to wake up? You're like, oh my God, I can't sleep and I gotta get up in five hours. I'm gonna be fucking destroyed. I'm like, no, okay, I'm gonna get four hours tonight. That's cool um you know or four and a half let's say all right that's cool that's three sleep cycles well i can probably get a 30 minute nap on the plane because usually you know a lot of times that's when i have a flight to catch some yeah 30 minute nap on the plane i'll get a 30 minute nap when i arrive and i'll be at five i'll be like fine you know like i'll be not only in deficit but let's say i only got one of those and i have four that day cool well i'll maybe try and go for seven and a half hours overnight the next night and get one more and i'll get six the next day and then i'm right on course for my 35 or however it goes it just allows you to to modulate a little bit yeah and you have flexibility because it's a weekly process right but some somewhere along the lines probably the same doctors that were saying whatever number of brain cells we have as a kid is all we get our whole lives which turned out to be complete bullshit same thing it's like oh well you can never make up sleep like no, that's not fucking true at all. Mm-hmm. Like we can, and our body knows how to respond to that. So it's typical if you had a shitty night's sleep and you have decent sleep hygiene that when you go to bed the next day, you will have more deep sleep and more REM sleep. Yeah, And you that, can track that shit on a fucking aura ring. Tell that to a Navy SEAL that comes off a fucking, you know, time out in the field and they sleep for 36 hours straight, you know, yeah. like, duh, we make up on sleep. Of course we do. Yeah. You know, it's just the body, the body wouldn't be that dumb. You know, like the bodies are amazing. And that's another thing. Like we have this idea that we're these faulty machines. Bodies aren't, you know, the bodies aren't dumb. They've evolved to be as effective as possible. And there's going to be times when you're not going to be able to sleep. So there's going to be mechanisms at play 
that allow you to catch up. And naps is one of those. One of the studies that I love though is, you know, they did a study comparing more overnight sleep with coffee and napping for alertness, mental acuity, and performance. And napping just crushed the other two categories. So like napping is better than more coffee and better than overnight sleep. So actually you're better off getting less sleep napping in the day than getting more sleep at night. It just, that doesn't usually work with the traditional nine to five industrial civilization, show up at work, stay all day, come home, eat dinner, play with the kids, go to bed, repeat. But we can build that in, especially if we pack our own lunch and then slap on some noise canceling headphones and just, even if you don't go all the way to sleep by dropping the brainwave state into something more parasympathetic, which is what the binaural beats do. It's this brainwave entrainment that takes you from that waking beta state, that super stressed alert state into a more you know parasympathetic state like the theta state where the brain waves drop. It, that counts too. That's what Nick Littlehale calls a controlled recovery period. So if you got an hour for lunch at your office, go in your car, put on the air conditioning, put on your noise canceling headphones, have a 30 minute binaural beat and allow yourself to recover after you've eaten, you know, a nice weird lunch for 30 minutes as well. And then you got your hour and you haven't gone anywhere and you're fully recharged and recovered and you're going to kill it in the afternoon. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent reboot. So we come to training and we, 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 we kind of went back and forth. A lot of people have, um, particular times a day that they can train and there's room for that. It's not a, this is the only prescription, right? Uh, but, it, but there is an optimal time to train in the day. And that's why we've left it here post-lunch. Um, anybody who's ever performed strength feats and tried to do a max effort first thing in the morning, right when they wake up, will notice my grip isn't there. Things aren't firing. You know, like it takes some time for our nervous system to wake up, for our body to really start firing on all eight cylinders. And then we can get the most high-performance workouts done in that early afternoon to early evening. Yeah. Talk about a lot of stuff. Training chapter is massive in there. And some of it is, you know, the way that we go about, you know, first of all, it's just getting, it's just exercising and it's just training, period. Like this is the miracle drug of all miracle drugs that is absolutely free. You want to look at any fucking marker, depression, anxiety, sexual performance, sleep performance, what, hormone you name balancing. It, hormone, you yeah. fucking name it. Exercise is going to help. You know, and that's why when you talk to someone like Tim Kennedy, you know, he'll say some outrageous things about, you know, different medical conditions. And he'll be like, well, are you training? Then don't talk to me about your fucking medical condition. Because he knows that there's a miracle drug that's available that all of us should be taking at some level first before we start chasing down other pills that shake in little bottles. Let's, let's make sure that we're at least taking the minimum effective dose of this miracle drug. You know, and that's, and that's movement. That's exercise. So that's like the first key point. And then the next point is like, all right, how are we going to do that? Are we going to do a bunch of fixed position Cybex weight machines and try and just pump up our pecs and biceps and curl our Nautilus shoulders machines. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or are we going to move in patterns that the human organism likes to move? Are we going to use kettlebells and maces and clubs and ropes and sprint and move around and callous, just body weight, calisthenics, you know, that's, or yoga? That's going to be a much better way to get the body moving than the very kind of vain aesthetic driven approach that a lot of us have preacher curls aren't in the book anywhere i mean i'll do them occasionally <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not saying you can't do them but then what else are you doing to balance it out like how are yeah. you lengthening the arms are you using some indian clubs and snapping through to really open up the arms are you doing 
you know, tea kettle exercises for your shoulder mobility? Are you doing myofascial release, you know, after you do a big day of bench to make sure that your chest and pec minor isn't too tight, like mine chronically is from fucking 27 years of benching or whatever you get the fuck what, yeah done. same here you get what kelly starette calls douchebag shoulders <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. walking around like a douchebag because <laughs> your chest is too tight yeah exactly <laughs> so that's a that's a key and we built a little training pyramid that give people an idea of like all right ideally you want this much power training this much strength training this much durability training this much cardiovascular training and this much just movement and mobility you know so yeah i mean it's a pretty comprehensive chapter but it gives a full outline of just the basics and also a couple workouts that anybody can follow some just body weight so if you haven't bought any of the on it shit all good you know, yeah you, you have your body it's beautiful because you can start with anyone like anyone can can get better from from this and it's something i was talking to john wolf about as we're rolling out the on it six a full six week body weight only program for people and obviously you you jumped in for the motivation and inspirational piece of that i talked a bit about diet and supplementation we mm-hmm. had live langlin to go over some incredible recipes ways you can cook for yourself so you're able to hit it from all angles get one of those mushroom burgers in about 30 minutes (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah brother but um just this idea that you can start anywhere and even matt vincent talked about that you know like there's no excuse you can move a certain way no matter where you're at when he had his i think his fifth surgery on his knee in two years he would hobble into the gym on uh crutches and he would plant his ass into an incline bench with two 20 pound dumbbells and he would crush his upper body for an hour and like that's not heavy enough weight for him to get stronger but he could for damn sure burn fat get a pump and feel better about his yeah, he's day still taking the miracle drug he's still getting the miracle drug, you know and that's right? that's the key thing you know and, and it's not just it's not just what you do in the gym it's what you're doing all the time like you can do that at any point and i think we get these kind of ego driven ideas of like oh if i didn't go to crossfit today i'm fucking worthless like okay or you just walk extra with your dog or you run around and you you know play game or you go for a swim or do something else like that's cool too like take some of the pressure off and really understand like what's your goal here you know and your goal is to take the take the miracle drug feel great be able to live you know play on the playground that is life like if your buddy's going out surfing like all right be good if you could paddle and try to get up on the board you know because that's a dope experience you know or if you're gonna go play a little you know pickup game of basketball can you move around and and laugh and talk shit with your friends like okay that's a fun thing to do it's like just allow yourself to participate in life like that's the biggest that's the biggest thing you know at least at that level maybe you're not an elite performer but at least you're you're in the game. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck on the sidelines watching other people play. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So we move from training into rest, reset, and reconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where another part of the book that's you know, going to catch people off guard. Like, And this is another thing that Ben Greenfield's great at, who is a big part of the you know, organization of this timeline in this book. He's like, all right, what's the best time to have a, have a drink? What's the best time to have a glass of wine? And he has elderberry wine that he brews in his own backyard not all of us are going to have that but if you're going to have a glass of wine after training is actually the best time and you know everybody talks about oh you know there's this a lot of stuff just trickled down from like hardcore bodybuilding like oh yeah there's that anabolic window you got to fucking stuff yourself right after yeah you can you know maybe that's good for bodybuilding but the human body you know the hormone growth hormone adaptation actually if you wait 
can actually be preferable if you don't feed yourself. Yeah, Mark Sisson talked quite a bit about that in, I think, three of his books. Yeah. And so Ben says, all right, at this point, you're going to be a little bit dehydrated from your workout. And so you're going to have less blood volume. So the same amount of alcohol that your liver has to process, that your body has to process, is going to have an even greater effect. So you'll feel an even bigger buzz. And that's why, obviously, if you you know, drink on an empty stomach, you feel it more. But also, if you drink after a workout, you feel it more. Because, and, and that's a good thing. <laughs> like, it just means you drink less. You know, like, yeah. don't have this badge of honor. Like, let a little go a long way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll save your wallet. It'll save your, your, exactly. your liver, your brain. It's, if you're participating in a ketogenic diet, that means less total carbs. All of it factors in. Yeah, 100%. So have a glass of wine. And that's also going to help you connect with your family or connect with your kid or connect. You know, it just allows you to be social. If it's not a glass of wine, maybe it's a, maybe it's a fucking hit of CBD or maybe it's a hit of THC or maybe it's a Zevia soda or something like that. Some kind of reward for you at the end of the day. Something that you can look forward to. Like, oh man, this first main push of the day, you know, the, the real doing part of the day, that's behind me. Now we got a different kind of, sunset into the rest of the night and it's nice to have that line of demarcation and it's helpful because you know you'll accumulate a lot of different stuff at work the workout will help but you know i remember just a couple nights ago i went through work day i went did my workout came back just checked to see if there was anything else that came up at work and sure as shit something did big kind of blunder that the team made and i was kind of dealing with that i get home at that point and I'm just still like a ball of stress and anger and thinking about all these things that have that have come up and how could this how could I miss this? I was blah blah blah. And taking that time to like let that go before I start pouring that out on Whitney and the people I love and the people around me. So combination of, yeah, a little bit of wine. I brought out my flute. I you know, I played some music through there, got myself out of my head hit the drums a little bit, played the dig a little bit. And then all of a sudden I was reset and it was a different mode, you know, and when you're in that different mode, then you can really connect with those around you and connect with yourself and kind of reset from that big work and, and go part of the day. Yeah. When I was talking to Anahata about this, 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 this de-weeding, we take shit out you know, we, we, we broke down the, the native American wheel. And in the, in the West is the fall. They want to remove shit that no longer serves us. And obviously that's looked at as one of the four seasons. But if we take that into our day on a daily practice, we can really use that sunset time, that transition from work to going home to say, all right, let me think about the shit that went wrong today now so I'm not lying in bed awake mm-hmm. with it still there because I've distracted myself in all that in-between time until I hit the sheets where now I'm alone with myself. Right. Now it's going to come up. Right. And if I can remove it then, it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience with the people that I'm around. Or if I'm alone, a much more enjoyable experience with myself. And I've let that go before I go to sleep. That'll improve my sleep. Even before you bring it to dinner. Because you know when you're aggravated and you're eating, you're just kind of rushing through it. You're not really thinking about the food. You're not enjoying Cursing it. Cursing while you're cooking. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, it. and then the people around you who've been a lot of times waiting to see you all day, you know, for you, it's, you know, little Bear and Natasha waiting at home. Like, if you brought all that shit from a hard day at work back home, and they're like, hey, dad's home. And you're like, Ugh. you know, and you can't work through that, then- you're really never going to get to connect with the people that you love until you create some 
vacation where you try and let it all go by just getting hammered and like trying to relax for a minute, but then the stress just mounts and the unhealth and un, you know, dis-ease of life will start to mount again. And so, yeah, it's, it's important to pay attention to the transition times, the commute to work and then the transition time between your work day and your workout and then into dinner and sex and connection, which is what we're talking about next. Fuck yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into that. Eat dinner like a king. Like a king. So, you, so we worked out. So we've been kind of shitting on carbs for a while. But that's not the point. The point is there's time for carbs. And now's probably the time. I mean, going, having a more keto approach where you're eliminating carbs, that's a fine choice too. But if you like bread, or if you like some grains, if you don't want to go all the way, then this is the right time because you've depleted the glycogen in your system from your workout. Maybe the wine has built it back up a little bit, but you still have some room for that lump of sourdough with grass-fed butter your, or whatever kind of, you know, quinoa. A nice hot yam yeah, yeah, little yam, fucking exactly. honey and butter. Whatever that is, now is going to be a better time to do it. So that's part of the feast approach. You know, we have some recipes in there with some quinoa pasta, and um, I just made that the other day. It's fucking awesome with chicken and then garlic and spinach and but the other thing I wanted to focus on there too is eating foods that boost dietary nitrate levels. And that's for what's coming next. Pump it. <laughs> to get pumped. Everywhere. I'm coming everywhere. I'm coming on stage. I'm coming in the gym. I'm coming on the beach when I run with my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Well, we want to come a lot. So we got more better sex. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's why we eat these foods with dietary nitrate. So we got Red wine is one of them, so you've already started that. And, and, nit- and nitrates turn into nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is like the gas, it's like the gas valve on the capillaries that either opens up the capillaries from one blood flow. instead of capillaries. <laughs> I think they either opens up, or it is, they are there for sure. So it either, it's either gas or it's, you know, less nitric oxide is brakes. And we want to hit the gas because we want full expansion of all of our capable parts, right? And that's what's going to, allow sex to be more pleasurable it's going to allow your sexual performance to boost it's going to allow all those things even happiness in general is you know linked to nitric oxide as well so red wine dark chocolate um pumpkin seeds beets arugula swiss chard you know all of these things are going to boost these nitric oxide levels and that's going to be huge for you know bedroom performance yeah which is doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you like that's an important factor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, um, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the, look at the things we get to do in life, you know, dinner and into sex, these should be two of two of the favorite, actually the, you know, all three of these things. All right. You know, altering your consciousness, playing the musical instrument, eating a great meal, having sex, like you got to enjoy that shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're looking at how much, how good and how awesome life is, and you're not doing any of those things, well, you're missing out. You know, like those things are a huge part of the enjoyment of life. It's the sensuality, it's the physical love we get to experience. So yeah, I mean, you know, you, you can obviously do it by yourself and that's fine as well. You know, and we've all had periods where we've had long stretches where that's all we were Three doing. Three years at ASU, yeah. <laughs> three years. <laughs> the longest dry spell. And that was... You know, if we're probably being honest, the longest dry spell, that was not because of your body or because of your looks. That's because of your head. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And that's what we talk about in the book, too. Like, the ego and all of the 
performance anxiety and all the pressure that we put on i was in the same boat all of that stuff that we do all the things that we've made sex like a measure of your manhood like that just fucks it up you know sex is just an exploration between two people and it starts the moment you smile at somebody the moment you touch them the moment you kiss them you know how you use your mouth not just for oral sex but how you communicate like sex is the whole experience you know it's the back scratch at the end of it it's how you provide the washcloth you know if you're not trying to impregnate your lover like yourself everything (laughs) everything is the sex it's not just that act of penetration that we put so much emphasis on like the whole thing is sex and when you look at it in that broader perspective then you can really start to enjoy it and just fucking take the pressure off like sex doesn't make who you are sex is just what is just what you do you know yeah so much of that this part of the book really goes into play yeah and we think of like oh what does he mean when he says we should play more and so many people so many smart people who figure out this right and correct balance in life always talk about play like it's something we do as kids and we don't really fill that need as adults or we think that uh i'm gonna bust my ass all week and then i'll play on the weekend by getting shit faced (laughs) or i'm gonna work this shitty job my whole life and i'll play when i retire Mm -hmm. you know but as we build or i'm gonna live this shitty life and i'll play in heaven yes yeah that's the ultimate (laughs) ultimate right right the fucking the best martyr (laughs) i'm gonna fucking do the the most sacrifice and the least enjoyment until the very end but yeah Yeah. as we love that i love that i someone someone mentioned something to me that there's like this you know parable that of, of someone who was doing that just waiting their whole life for that moment to come to heaven and then they reach there and god looks at them and asks so how was heaven and they go Oh, and immediately they lose their erection (laughs) like damn it i was already there there's a lot more than 40 virgins yeah yeah down on on earth yeah there's way more than 40 virgins and who cares if they're virgins (laughs) exactly you know like it's so much to experience like all the physical love available in the world and like we're in the kingdom of heaven if we so choose it like we both put ourselves in hell because of our mind getting in the way of our sexuality, you know, like, and that's because as young men and this idea of the measure of the man being our performance, and both of us are super performance crazed people whose, you know, ego got way ahead of our spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as young men. So we couldn't keep that in balance. And we just basically ruined a couple really good years of having sex. <laughs> prime prime years. years. So yeah, that's uh, and that's one of the pitfalls that we can fall. And I really try to shepherd my younger self or Kyle's younger self or whoever might be reading this through some of those dangers in this chapter. And then layer on a couple interesting things like the power exchange dynamics, which in- increase flow state and transient hypofrontality and you know, really take this sexual experience to another level um, and talk about those things as well. But it's really all about like getting back to what this animal does. Like let's, let's get back to the basics. All right, what we eat, how we move, how we drink, how we fuck. Like, okay, let's get that shit right at the bare minimum, you mm-hmm. know? And then everything starts to get really fun again. Hell yeah. We follow up sex with turn off, tune in. Yeah. There's got to be a time where we shut our phones off. Like, I, I'm not great at it, you know, but I'm trying to get better. And it feels damn good when I do. You know, when I, when I turn on airplane mode and I hit the biomat and I'd like yesterday, I take the snooze, so I go for a walk on the hill and 
even though my phone i actually used my phone to record it but it was in airplane mode so i wasn't getting distracted like if that if that poem download came and i got a text from somebody you know i answered it right then bye bye see you later see you later he gone (laughs) that shit ain't coming back either Mm -hmm. you know it's like taking the time to just shut down unplug and then i have a journaling practice to help kind of prepare you for the next part of the day um which is well prepare you for tomorrow and that's writing your mission your big why up on top and then your three objectives for the following day so you at that point you really have nothing left to think about like you've you've, at the point that you close your journal it's just one page on a moleskin your your mission at the top of the page your three objectives for the following day get that down on paper know that that's what you're why you're doing it and that's what you have to do close that moleskin up and you are fucking off duty you don't emails can't reach you texts can't reach you people can wait people can wait they can wait you know like you don't have to please them anymore at that point this is about you this is about the loved ones that you're with you know and that should have already started with the dinner and the sex but this is a point where you know take that last check make sure all everything in your life is good there's no fire and then just shut the fuck shut the whole thing fucking down and if you can do it earlier great more power to you but shut it down set your objectives for the next day and you're done you're done so take your time to enjoy yourself play some you know non-video games maybe watch your favorite show hang out talk discuss you can write you can read but you're off duty this is your time hell yeah and we dive we circle back to sleep which yep. we, we talked we tackled quite a bit in the nap phase yeah yeah i mean that's sleep is you know that next miracle drug it's just this one's actually harder to take because it's not your willpower that does it right but it does take willpower to have the discipline to do all the things that lead to sleep like sleep is this kind of ephemeral thing like the more you chase it and the harder you go after it the less likely you are to get it sleep so hard tonight (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and that's that's the challenging thing with sleep it's a little bit like erections too i guess in that way you know like the more you (laughs) obsess over it the more it's going to fucking elude you um but yeah i mean doing all the work beforehand to prepare yourself mentally physically and everything is going to really allow you the best sleep and then just taking the pressure off and knowing that you know whatever you don't get that night you can get the next day and it's going to be all good and another few you know tips and tactics i definitely recommend taking minerals before you go to sleep you know i take magnesium before i go to bed every night Um, some sea salt is great to really support yourself with those electrolytes and minerals to help your body relax and then you know letting it go keeping it dark keeping electronics away from you keeping the bedroom like a clean and kind of safe haven so it's not just trying to sleep amidst chaos yeah you're not falling asleep with the fucking tv on that shouldn't be in your room in the first place yeah or the laptop with the wi-fi buzzing (sighs) right right by your head and a lot of that is based on fear right like a lot of people leave the tv on because they're scared of the dark they're scared of the quiet and i really highly recommend you get to the bottom of that you know whether it's you don't feel safe in your house well maybe you need a better alarm system or you need to um find ways that you feel more safe or just work with the fear itself like yes maybe it's- be with yourself alone so you're comfortable in your own skin and you can see where fear anxiety and stress is coming from yeah and you know look it, it may be different it may be different for everybody you know like i do like having if i'm at my house and i'm there i like having a gun nearby you know and that may be that's just something that for me i'm more comfortable with and i'm trained a lot of hours with that and i feel like all right my doors my doors are locked my alarm's on i got my gun 
you know maybe i've put a little sage in the room for other for other reasons and then fucking i'm safe this is my sanctuary right now do you oil your gun with paulo santo <laughs> i do when i go hunting actually oh. i actually do oh shit i actually yes. do smudge my gun and smudge the Fuck bullets yeah. and say some prayers for a, a swift kill of the animal but uh <laughs> so close <laughs> but it's funny you know i mean i think safety and security is a big one like when i'm gone wit sleeps like shit at the house and that's because she doesn't really feel safe it's also house. because people have actual tattoos of her image on their body <laughs> that is true that's true <laughs> if you're listening it's cool man just you know it's cool we're chill. friends yeah. we're friends <laughs> we're all good yeah um, yeah and i they talk you know um there's another way you know usually like the most secure position i think it's also hardwired like sleep is the time where humans used to get ambushed the most either by another neighboring tribe or somebody nocturnal so, animal yeah if still you can't get comfortable the most uh secure position that they say that you can be in like to wire that into your body is going to be sleeping on your side with your dominant arm up right so if you're kind of feeling a little uneasy you know sleep on your side with the dominant arm up because that triggers the body like okay i'm the most prepared so if something comes i could like block an attack i could ninja push skills. ninja skills show off your very particular set of skills <laughs> it's funny that i was just listening to my podcast with tim kennedy i did recently and he goes to sleep exactly the opposite he just fantasizes about somebody breaking in he's got that <laughs> i wish they would he's like please let tonight be the night that the terrorists come <laughs> i hope he's got like multiple like traps and fucking guns stationed in certain spots he knows his kill zone he knows his like last resort where like his body lays before his family goes he might he, think like, about that pre pre-sex <laughs> also to get him going like that, he might. Might the, that might be the ritual to he get might. his dick hard <laughs> i was i was cracking up with that that was one of my favorite podcasts if you guys want to go shop over to the aubrey marcus podcast and listen to it one of my, the other favorite part with Tim is uh, I was talking about, you know, there's that show to catch a predator mm -hmm. and he does like a lot of that stuff too, but it's just in the surveillance side. So we talked about him. He's doing a lot of TV shows now. I was like, what if there's a show and it's called surprise motherfucker <laughs> and the show surprise motherfucker is like to catch a predator, except you're, you're stationed in the house. Right. <laughs> and if the predator actually comes, you watch from the closet. And then at that point, if they start being a dirt bag, Surprise, motherfucker! And then the cameras turn down. Snatch the con condoms out of his hand. And it's just fucking a mad, mad Tim Kennedy to deal with. The 13-year-old girl runs off to safety. Yeah. Surprise! And then if he's cool, you know, then maybe he, like Tim just sits there and fucking munches on a warrior bar or whatever. And <laughs> so yes. how do we, we how do we bring this all home? Final yeah, chapter. Final chapter. You know, so one of the big things about this final chapter, which is all about bringing it home and actually putting it into work, is if you're gonna make these radical changes, you have to feel like you deserve to change. Like, if you don't feel like you deserve to change, if you don't feel like you deserve to be happy, you deserve to be healthy because you're punishing yourself for some past failures, or you don't think you're worth it, or you're worthless, or you haven't been, all of these different stories that we have from our past self and the decisions we made, then you're not gonna change. You're not going to do it. You're going to subconsciously find ways to not do these things. Maybe you'll try them once and it'll work, but you won't like that it worked because you'll feel like you deserve not the good, but the bad. You'll try to balance out your own equilibrium by punishing yourself and keeping yourself in a state of suffering. And I think that's something that people really overlook. Like, can you really look in the mirror and say, I deserve to be fucking happy. 
I deserve for things to go right. I deserve to feel great. I deserve to have the purpose, you know, my purpose, my, the job of my dreams. I deserve to have the lover that I want. I deserve all of these things, you know, and not because I've done something for it. I deserve all that just because I am, just because I'm alive, just because I'm a person, I'm a human. And whatever stuff I've done in the past, at any point we can decide that that is the past you and this is the new you. You can choose to forgive yourself for that, you know. And I think that's a real key practice. And I talk about the practice of Ho'oponopono, which is the Hawaiian Kahuna practice of radical forgiveness, like getting to a zero state. And you tell yourself, "I love you, thank you, I'm sorry, forgive me." And you just fucking keep telling yourself that over and over until you really believe it. Until you really believe, at that point, you're a new person. And at that point, all of these changes you're going to find a lot easier to make because you're gonna feel like, oh, I deserve it. And that's probably one of the most important things that I could bring home from my own mindset and my own philosophical understanding, which I try to weave through the whole book, but chapter 16 is that in its purest form. Like, how do we get to a state where we're ready to be a different person? Hell yeah, brother. Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fucking, you know, and it's a, it's a good, it's a fun read too, it's me. Yeah. You know, the book is me, this isn't, this is, you know, I didn't outsource this shit. You know, I had some help from a brilliant like, writer, editor, Niels Parker, but I rewrote it personally, wrote it in a hundred thousand word outline and then rewrote it six, seven times, like to make sure everything is in line. And he just helped with the structure and some of the, some of the way that it wove through. But this book is me, you know, there's jokes, there's admissions, there's honesty, there's the whole thing. Is, it's a real, it's not like a dry guidebook. This isn't an encyclopedia. You know, this is a story about how anybody can live a great day. And it has stories from other great performers and people I know and some people I don't know, like Marcus Aurelius and Tony Robbins. I don't know them personally, but they're woven in there. And um, I think people are really going to dig it. Yeah, they're going to love it. I do. Yeah. And the audio version is going to be dope, too. That was like recorded that myself. So five of the hardest days of work you've ever put together. Unreal, man. Unreal, the amount of focus that it took to just read for seven and a half hours straight, you know, and really, really know, I mean, help that I wrote it. I mean, that helped a lot, but obviously I don't remember every, everywhere I was going with every sentence. So like reading ahead and then reading and then really expressing the truth of what I was writing through my voice without any preparation because you can't like read the page ahead of time mm-hmm. and then say there's not enough time for that we're paying for the recording studio mr marcus um yeah. can you reread that sounds yeah, exactly. like you're floating off in space yeah exactly <laughs> they would it would call me out for stomach gurgles that was the thing that was really frustrating like before lunch be like um i heard a little stomach in there can we do that again i was like you heard a little <laughs> stomach in there like what do you mean you know but it, it was it turned out awesome so you know you can get that on audible you can pre-order it now too Awesome, brother. Where can yep. people find you online? Yeah, um, definitely. You know, if you're interested in the book, check out ownthedaybook.com. And there's a bunch of perks if you buy book bundles, anything from hanging out with me to the video companion to all kinds of cool shit. If you wanted to get more than one book and give it off to friends and, um, you know, store this up as birthday and Christmas presents or however you want to do it. Um, and yeah, just go to ownthedaybook.com. Check that out. And Aubrey Marcus Podcasts and at Aubrey Marcus. Fuck yeah, brother. Fuck yeah. Thanks for joining. Thanks, man. Let's eat that fucking mushroom burger. Let's do it. Thank you guys for tuning in to the On It podcast. Absolutely loved getting a chance to sit down with Aubrey Marcus to talk about Own the Day. Make sure you guys go to ownthedaybook.com. 
to check out different ways you can purchase the book. If you love the book, you can buy some for your friends. And you can also purchase at audible.com. Thanks a lot, guys.